Welcome to the Note to Scene podcast. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And every week we chronicle the biggest news in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at notetoscene at gmo.com. Big news this week from Blink-182. But first, we're going to talk about the story so far and their divisive new record, Proper Dose. Let's go. And so I know we've been ignoring these neck deep stories like the bassist left recently, right? Or somebody left. The there band. was a member who left the band recently. <laughs> but I'm also pretty sure it was the bassist. Okay, okay, but also the neck deep drummer Danny, Danny Rain, yo, <laughs> is now apparently gone solo in his the worst SoundCloud rapper I've I've ever heard. It is it is wow. Like he's trying really hard and it is not working. Um, this was really wild to to see the reaction to, especially on Rock Sound, because Rock Sound have a very direct, neck yeah. deep audience uh, yeah, on very, their socials. Very, very, very I mean, fucking cuddly. UK, rock Sound and Neck Deep. Yeah, UK. Many Rock Sound covers have gone to Neck Deep. Totally, totally. So it was interesting to see this response because I woke up on my Feedly app, and the Feedly app will show you which stories are taking off on socials as far as reaction go. And this one had the fire symbol next to it friday morning i was like there's no way man (laughs) i am not doing this right now this song is uh it's something man it almost reminds me of like a bad modesty yahoo do you remember that guy oh god jesus i'm so glad he's gone (laughs) i remember when it was like news that modest yahoo and chiodos got added to warped like 08 right and i was like Get the get this guy out of the fucking headline. Get this headline. guy get the out of here. Fuck out of here. Right. Like he's his biggest Chiodos. That was a gimmick. Dude, he um, had a song. He had a song whatever. for like the Olympics. Okay. It was Anyways, like uh, Danny Rain. I it's bad. It's it's it was funny. I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, solid uh fifteen thousand views on YouTube. I mean mad support though in the comments. Dude, it's out there. Dude, like, it's fucking <laughs> out there. From the neck deep fans. They're like they're I out, need this out. on Spotify. Yeah. Sickest oh, thing I've seen since Neck Deep's cover of Torn, which kids, also we didn't even talk about. <laughs> real SoundCloud rap, kids. I know it hasn't hit in the UK quite yet. Right? It has yeah, yeah. yeah. Come over. Come talk to Note to Scene. We got stuff to show you. Okay, right. all right. Um, Let's knock out some listener questions. Let's do it. All right. Our first question comes in from friend of the show, Brandy Hayden. Brandy writes in to Note to Scene at gmail.com. Brandy says, so... I understand that this is super low on the scene importance scale, but can we talk about Danny Stillman's trajectory for a minute? 2006 Drop Dead Gorgeous was important. Like, what song title sums up MySpace more than Dressed for Friend Requests? And I even enjoyed the later, much more mellow, Bleach Blonde project. This 888 project has been trying to get off the ground for a year, And they're finally releasing an actual collection of songs. The first single, Missing You, I thought was really good. And then everything else so far sounds too overproduced and just messy to me. Anyway, curious of your thoughts on it all. Um, First off, big shouts to Brandy. 
Um, Brandy was one of my writers at AP when I was running altpress.com, and she's a great writer, and you should read everything she writes. Hell yeah. But um, it's interesting, 888 getting brought up. So these these are the drop-dead gorgeous guys, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Including the front man. And this is their radio rock band project they're doing now. And um, it was interesting that Brandy brought it up, because when I think of Note to Scene, like the formative kind of couple months leading up to Note to Scene, like this band kind of played a weird big part because <laughs> you were, you put me on to 888 mm-hmm. and I had no idea who they were. But um, that single, Critical Mistakes, was cooking at all radio. Dude. And that song was heat. Summer 2016, because they announced yeah. it that spring. They announced 888. I remember writing about it at so, Alt Press. It makes sense because that we launched January 2017, so we were probably right. we were talking just, about it yeah. while we were listening to all this. This shit. was one of those conversations where we were like, "This should be on a podcast." And, totally. Um, but yeah, that critical mistake. I just remember listening to that critical mistake song that whole summer, kind of leading up to note to scene, and um, I just I was thoroughly impressed with how much radio play it was getting, and then they disappeared off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, missing you is is okay. Like, they seem to have the right idea. Yeah. Heatstroke like kind of gets there. They went full dark pop, which is usually the good move. But I don't know. It's like, do you think Tyler like was critical mistakes? Kind of just lightning in a bottle, and is this band gonna fade or? Uh, I was so I've been weird, you know. Yeah, I've been so disappointed with everything they've dropped since that critical mistakes EP because literally every song on that. Uh, release was I thought was great Critical Mistakes Seattle Rain Decades Young and in Love and for Drop Dead Gorgeous Singer to have a hit alt radio single that's that's amazing in 2016 you know what I mean absolutely I thought that project was going to be massive because after that they signed to Island which you know Fallout Boy yeah like they're getting a full full push but I see it on their socials I see it in their streams like there's just not enough attention there and there's something missing in the songs there's they don't have a base there's a there's no base like there's no solid band base there right 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 there's 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 a spark that's missing in in pretty much every song that they've released since that first EP and it's really bumming me out because I really wanted to root for this band to be like kind of you know just just maybe slide into that 21 pilots stream and uh and get some get some momentum going but um, yeah yeah i was bummed at the bummed at the material since critical mistakes but if you're if you're down to fuck with you know x drop dead gorgeous members in 2016 that ep is fire and this is also the reason why we haven't gotten any 10 year shit for drop dead gorgeous because these guys are trying to be massive all over again and i mean you can't blame them you get a shot on a major Dude, island record of Justin course. Bieber. like you know what i'm saying like you you take that shot i don't absolutely blame um so absolutely. uh yeah shouts to brandy for writing in um go read brandy especially if she is writing about all time low go read it um our next question comes in from listener jordan k who writes in a note to scene at gmail.com. Jordan says, hi guys, love the show and was wondering what you guys thought of the new Amity Affliction. I was a huge fan of Chasing Ghosts, but the new stuff is going into some weird electro rock sound. Thanks, Jordan. 
T-sharp, you want to take this one away? <laughs> so the Amity is really interesting to talk about in 2018, or not, like, or completely <laughs> or not interesting not. to talk about. Uh, this band was, uh, it, they never really got out of mid-tier metalcore size in the U.S. They had, they had that moment, though, sure. of powerhouse For metalcore. Sure. Like yep. 20, I want to say 2014, 2014, 2015. and then 2015, and then 2016, and ever well, since they then. They were kind of a powerhouse. Right, for sure. They were able to compete with, like, you know, the Motionless the and Crown Whites. The Crown yeah, yeah, the Crown the Empire. The, the 20,000 first week crowd, even though their biggest first week, if I'm not mistaken, is it was only over 14. Yeah, yeah, it's 14. That's solid, though, for a no, little corporate. To- yeah. Especially, and they're not even from here. They're from Australia. Right. So, oh, um, yeah. and over in Australia, they're, you know, they co-headline with a day to remember. So, like, right. they are, they're fine. I mean, they're huge home. over there. Yeah, totally. But it's just totally. a matter of the U.S. conversation. Yeah, so this album, like our listener pointed out, is very electronic based. And here's what I'll say about it. I said this to a friend who I was talking to about the album. I would rather see a band attempt to evolve and fail than have a band do the exact same thing and continue to decline. You know, like I would much rather see a band try to do something different and completely miss the mark than have a band release the same album, you know, five times. So yeah. this this largely missed the mark. I will say if you just like a, you know, kind of a... Uh, streamlined post-hardcore song go check out doomsday great song great single uh it's such an easy listen um it's nothing overly special but it's a solid track for sure uh there's some other songs on that record that are just um i I, like give them so much props for trying but Mm -hmm. it's so obvious that it doesn't work i'm kind of with you um this record flopped hard if i'm not mistaken right i mean they're just like you said take the shot and fail I, this is the definition of it right like they took the shot and they're not selling anything over here anymore no, like i can't even remember sold, what this did first week it would charted at like i think 170 oh, so shit. that's not a good sign i mean you know we're probably talking three right you know? right yeah okay. for sure somewhere around there but um yeah i like doomsday they that on that song they transition pretty well from metalcore to a rock band i think like that's a solid rock song mm-hmm. like i think on that song they're actually like doing Beartooth better than Beartooth on that chorus mm. um the rest of the record though is kind of meh you know I'm just, yeah yeah it's it, yeah. it kind of gets all over the place especially when yeah. like uh feels like i'm dying comes on like yeah i was yeah, like that song kind of annoyed me dude i was like oh my god like i love this on paper but the execution is so off if you if you want to hear an attempt at a top 40 edm chorus in a in a rock song check that out or don't the record uh the record did seven thousand first week. The oh, last one did thirteen. So they basically dropped in half. Faster, but I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, they basically dropped in half. Yeah, pretty bad. Okay, we thank Brandy and Jordan for writing in a note to cnadjuma.com. If you have any questions, feel free to send them that way, and we will happily discuss them on the show. But Tyler Sharp, it's time to move <laughs> into our main story this week. It's time to put the gloves on, son. Ready to go a couple of rounds, how, I, Matt? I don't I don't know how this one's going to go, man, to be honest. Oh, uh, I know how okay. it's going to fucking go. The story so far's new album, Proper Dose, is out this week. Uh, I think it's coming out Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this coming um, Friday. It has been quite controversial, with some fans revolting. 
Um, and we're going to talk about this record and break it down and give our opinions. Um, Tyler Sharp, you've been carrying this banner, you know, <laughs> Battle of the Bastards. You're running through the army, you char- leading the charge here. Um, what are your thoughts on Proper Dose? This is probably the most streamlined pop punk album we've gotten since Life's Not Out to Get You. It's such an easy listen, front to back. The songs flow so well together. There's no real... There's filler, but it doesn't really feel like filler because it's literally just like ear candy. It's very, you know, it's... The only way I could compare it to, uh, like, Ariana Grande's new album is that it's such an easy listen. Like, there's no dissonance in this album. There's such a sheen over it. And I know that's what people hate about it. You know, the auto-tune and Parker's, vo- Parker's vocals, the layers. It's like story so far lost their edge. It it It's such an enhancement of their song. It's progression. It's evolution. It's... It's, it's okay, people. Like, this band can sound like this. This isn't a problem. This the, the songs are still so fire. Like, I don't understand what all the backlash is. So to get into some of the songs, I mean, to start off, they re-recorded out of it. And I kind of like it more. Like, the, the, the production of it has less of a sheen, which is weird because mo- most of the record has more of it. But, like, there's resonance in that snare hit on that drum kit you know like there's it 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 feels a little bit more alive feels a a little bit more loose like the like the knots aren't all tied together as much parker's vocals definitely sound like they have more of a sheen to it which is kind of funny it's like the opposite of the rest of the song but um there's the second song on the record keep this up that is probably the best song on the whole record uh, it starts off with like this Blink-182 type riff and then it just kicks in four on the floor and rides the whole song. Mm-hmm. It's only like two and a half minutes, which just ups the replay value so fucking much. I've probably listened to that song 20, 30 times in the past 24 hours. Uh, it's so easy to just have it on repeat and listen to it five times in a row and not even realize it. Uh, it's, a, it's a good pump-up jam. Title track, Proper Dose great intro to the record like it's just solid story so far moments that really comprise this album but they feel like they're cleaner like it feels like it's it's more cohesive it feels like it's a little bit more grown up it feels like it's it's just a very easy listen um there's a couple acoustic tracks there's it it does tend to wane towards the rest towards like the second half of the record but um altogether like it's just it's such a solid pop punk album front to back like there's no there's no like oh this you know it starts to get weird at this point it starts to get weird at this point the songs flow so well together they have such a such a like relation to one another it just fits it's like a puzzle piece almost so i i love this record it's my pop punk album of the year not that it had any contenders but (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty much the only pop punk album of the year at this point so i am at an 8.5 out of 10 on proper dose i am i'm so happy that this record is coming i'm so pissed off that everyone is so fickle about it and you're all fucking wrong and i already know what you're gonna say about it matt so um all right, well, let's just, let's calmly try to get through my, uh, we got you on tape, let's calmly try to get through my my thoughts, and then we can kind of, we'll slam it out. Um, I'm walking out, all right. I uh, I did not like this album. 
Um, mm. This was a tough listen for me. Um, but only because it was boring. It was not a brutal listen, which is what I was expecting. It, so it actually turned out a little better. I really thought, like, I was just going to be like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. I was more just bored the whole time. Like, to me, the album is confusing, it's dizzying, and mostly it's just boring AF. Um, I was glad that they didn't really fuck with Out of It too much. You know, when I saw <laughs> that, they were going to... When I, when I saw that on the track list and I saw it was re-recorded, I was like, oh shit, you know, because... I could already hear the neutered version where they put Parker's squeaky let it go vocals on it. And I was like, please, please don't do that. So so I was glad. And that that was a Lucy we got before the summer, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So I mean that's you just gotta take that into consideration. But I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did. Um Keep This Up is a good song. I, I, I love the energy, um, I love the bouncy guitar, I love Parker's high range. Um being used correctly in this case. Mm. Um, I, I think it's got a murderous pre-chorus. Um, it, it, using a guitar as your chorus, was a, it, that's a bit disappointing to me. You gotta be real good to pull that off, and I, I don't know that it, it just punches all the way where the chorus needs to go, but it's a good song, though. Keep This Up and Out of It are really the only good songs on this record. You can just toss the rest for mm. me. Um, let It Go is a distant third place for me which which isn't saying much um but i guess you could take that one too proper dose you know almost works as a basic story so far song but it's just not quite as special as some of the earlier stuff um songs that should have been scrapped in pre-production take me as you please upside down if i fall need to know and line and growing on you um, I feel like Lightyear could have been saved with some more workshopping and thought put into the songwriting process and a better production job. It's just such a weird trip of weird Parker vocals and fake acoustic guitar that just feels like one long song they wrote while they were high. Um, I come to a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10? Oh my god. Like, I just fell out of my fucking chair. <laughs> Dude, alright, first off, Take Me As You Please is the most breezy, easy listening song of all I time. I hate it, man. I You're so it. fucking wrong. I like think how it's much one of the worst you on the can, record. Dude, it's so simple. It's like hating any other acoustic song. What, it's like just what, so what dumb. You have this is this is un <laughs> Fake This music, is undeserved Tyler. rage. Fake music. It's undeserved rage. Like this song is 100% coherent. It's it's fucking like acoustic late 2000s MySpace ear candy, man. I mean, they can play guitar. I'll give them that. Like they know how to play their instrument, but There's I just There's no reason to be so angry about a fucking acoustic it's just song. It's stupid. I was so stupid. I mean, maybe the fact that it's about weed is just so dumb. I you know, I just I'm like, why am I listening to this? It's I mean, just, uh... I, I don't associate it to weed. You could associate it to other things, you know? Like, sure. the, uh, it's interpretable. Oh, my goodness. This song, like, this album does not deserve this 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 attack. Like, <laughs> it's so un, un it's so undeserved. It's so unreasonable, the response that it's getting. Because, like, these songs are so coherent. I just, like I said, dizzying. 
and just confusing to me the whole time. I'm just it's like I'm just disoriented during the whole listen, and I just oh. the vocals are so weird and off. And pr- pr- some songs are overly produced, and then some songs sound like like some of these songs. One, there's one song I can't remember which one, but it sounds like a fucking knuckle puck song. Like we're getting no. it's that bad. I'm no, like, come no, no, on, no. dude. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 don't you bring... No. Like, Do bring not associate this the... record to anything that Knucklepuck has ever done. This is... If if this was a different pop-punk band, if this was a complete, you know, like, not the story so far, not anyone <laughs> we know, I don't think it would get this much hate. It'd be like, oh, hey, like, this is kind of sick. This is, like, a story so far, but it's, like, a little different. But because it's the story so far, it's not what people want from them. That's Man, not. I just, a, that's I not, just don't like this music. I just. I think it's bad music, and you know, this is probably the furthest we've been apart. Like you're at an eight point five, and I'm at a five. I don't think we've ever. And this is just that that area where music is subjective, and you know, our professional sort of understanding of music can only go so far. And and this is sort of one of the albums where we're just not you know we're no we're nowhere near close or or reconciling um god man like such a weird trip of an album to me i just i'm glad i guess i'm glad the rest of the record got you to come around a little bit on on let it go but yeah (laughs) man i mean hey i mean you know like out of it that's an eight point. That's an eight out of ten. That's a jam, you know. Um, yeah, we. I, I. I don't think the rest of this record is that. Like, like it is different, but it all fits together. Like that song fits on this album. It was really unpleasant. Like most, the meat of the record <laughs> no. was really unpleasant for me. <laughs> and um, the... like, keep this up is a good song. I, you know, I got one good song out of it. You know. Um, did you see Parker's interview with Kerrang? I saw that he didn't. I didn't really read any of it. So he basically revealed that the reason we've been waiting this long is um, he was locked up in an apartment doing cough syrup and painkillers. Well, you know, I hope well, he's better. I hope, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I think he's better now. But I hope um, my boy's better. It, after hearing this record, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, Dude, I'm just gonna say that it's 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 not like dissonant. You you act like it's like this difficult listen it's so it's so fluid how, how, how like you can listen to this thing front to back no problem it it, it, it all it, it blends well it, it it's it's cohesive it's at, at it's, some point it, it does it starts to sound like one song to me one song of just these folks these faux acoustic guitars and parker's high-pitched vocals that are overproduced they're not and even it just, like high pitch they're good melodies they're, they're good melodies like his his deliveries i mean obviously they did things to his vocals they did they switched their approach up they switched their uh the way they finalized their songs that's mm-hmm. great like it fucking works man it's still got the core values of the story so far songs that we grew up loving gotta disagree man uh, so i was looking for reviews of the record um I just got to call out uh, Depth Magazine real quick. Um, they uh, wrote this really glowing review of the record. And I just want to say, guys, like just because the band's publicist sent you in advance of the record <laughs> doesn't mean you need to write an ornate review trying to cast this album as something elegant. Like, 
This review goes as far as to make an argument for line. You know line is bad, Tyler. That doesn't need to be on the record. That's the interlude song, right? It's but it but then it kicks up with vocals. Yeah, but it's, it's just like it's, an interlude song. It's just like the song on like Post Malone's record. You know, it's just it's just there as a connector piece. It's like a bridge. That's, that's my point though, is you don't need to be making arguments for line. Sure. Like, no. If you're gonna make your argument. Yeah, that's not a song, you know. I don't mean to. I don't mean to come out call out young music writers, but uh, that was the only review available, and uh, I was just blown away reading this ornate piece where they just like talk about this beautiful record. One week away, and we got one review out. I know. This is so sad. This is this is this is literally why the scene is ending. This is why. People y'all like, just can't like y'all just can't accept it. You know, back in the day, man, if as long as it wasn't outrightly atrocious, we were like, all right, man, this is fire. Like bands just they did what they did and we were about it. Like this is this is this is good music and y'all are just pissing it away cuz it's not what you want. Let's talk sales, Tyler. I don't want um, to talk sales. <laughs> well, it's interesting because we're coming at it's coming out on Pure Noise again. Mm-hmm. So that's not that's not great. Because right. that label's Already not off on a bad. Foot. The last record, but you got the four-year wait, right? Or three-year? It's been a long time. I think that goes in the band's <laughs> favor. Like so the this has been the most anticipated pop punk album for sure. So for I think sure. that's in their favor for sure. Self-titled, the last record did twenty-three thousand first week. That's huge. So where are you coming with sales here, my man? What do you think they can do? Again, the best part that they the best thing that they ever did apparently on this whole cycle uh, is drop the pre-orders before they released any songs. <laughs> so they were able to uh, get quite a few, I'm hoping off the good graces of the hype and the last record and the weight and all that. I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a little worried that they had, like, the Pierce the Veil effect, you know, waited too long, and they obviously didn't deliver according to their fan base. Um, so pre-orders, I'm sure, have halted since they've been releasing new music. So it really all depends on what they did when the announcement came and when all that shit went live. I'm going to say, like, 13. Okay. That, that, you know, that's where I'll say if it's if it's above I 10, that... I'll be I'll be happy. If it's above if it's below 10, I'm out. I'm done. No more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm thinking people are pissed, like fans are pissed, but there's still the story so far. They've got a lot of girl fans, which we've talked about before on the show. Girl fans are the best fans to have because they buy everything. Um, this is a girl favorite band. Mm-hmm. And I think even though the fans are pissed, I think they're still going to show out. You know, obviously the, the negative reception of the songs is going to affect. I was thinking 15 to 18. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to go 17. 17,000 wow. first week. That's where I see it. You don't in. think this a little bit of a dip. This uh, this egregious backlash is going to dip them that much. You know, I just think there's still the story so far. And what other option do pop punk kids have right now? And like, you know, their fa- their girl, that girl fan base is really loyal to them. Like they really, you know, I think while a lot of the, the male fans have been outspoken and loud, you know, on Facebook and shit, I think the girl fans are just quietly buying the record and still love Parker. I mean, I hope so. Like, let it go. Finally passed a million streams. Upside down and take me as you please. We're both at seven and six hundred thousand. So, I mean, it's not great at all. But 
We'll see. I hope it's around where you got him at because that'll give him some good tour opportunities on the cycle. A whole lot better than 13 will. Anything else you want to add to the story so far, Tyler Sharp? Go stream that shit because y'all are wrong. (laughs) Y'all are wrong. All right. Let's move on to our next story, which is We Came as Romans. Um, We Came as Romans announced that they will continue as a band without late singer Kyle Pavone, who passed away recently due to a drug overdose and uh last episode we kind of speculate or two episodes ago we speculated as to like what the move was for the band but um david came out on a facebook video and said quote we've decided that the best course of action for the band is to do the bolt for my valentine tour we feel like this honors kyle and we can talk about his foundation the kyle pavone foundation and carry on doing what he would have wanted us to do and us be on stage together on stage playing music together with our fans we will not be replacing kyle we will be continuing on with the five of us tyler sharp what what do you think about the, first i gotta say it's pretty cool of david to come out on video like that you know totally it's, it's one thing to like right put a statement out but that 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 takes you know after going through such a tragedy and to really intimately address your fans yeah. in a video like that. Like, I gotta give props for that to David. You totally. know, especially something that you could take heat for like this. Yeah. Know? It's a very personable announcement. Yeah. Way to I, really I really I appreciated that as, you know, a fan of the band. Definitely. Good for them, man. Like, I'm happy yeah. for them. I, uh, I'm glad that they feel comfortable enough to continue the band. Um, mm-hmm. They started the foundation, you know, with, like, Kyle's parents and stuff. So that's going to be a big kind of cornerstone as far as their purpose yeah. goes moving forward as a band. There's going to be a shit ton of people at those Bullet Through My Valentine shows, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Probably more so than there were uh, before. So uh, if you're going to those shows, like, soak it up. That's, that's going to be a real emotional experience, uh, I'm sure, for not only the band, but uh, everyone I imagine... that's there. I wouldn't be shocked if you see like Vic Fuentes, Tyler Carter, yeah, like some guests people come out. come out and do some cleans. Totally. Like you might be in for that um, for the live show. Thinking about the band in this decision, I instantly thought about their career, and I'm like, there's two moves here for the band with David as the front man. You can go really heavy, which will take them nowhere, right? Because uh-huh. It's just coming to an end. Metalcore is over. Or the radio rock pivot. Um, They could kind of do that with David, don't you think? Well, yeah, because he was already ushering in his own clean vocals on the last record. He could do a rougher radio rock kind of clean vocal with occasional screams, you know, like Caleb Shomo does or like that Amity record does. Totally. I mean, they got to move. The door is in front of them. It's up Every to them other to take band's that. Doing it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Spine Farm's the right home for them. If, are, if is that where they are right now? Spine uh, Farm? Sorry, not Spine Farm. Sharp Tone. I get those two Sharp, mixed Sharp up Tone, all the yeah. time. Either um, way, Sharp I don't think Sharp Tone is the no right radio place for for radio, no radio push. connections at all. So, so they'd have to. I mean, they'd have to at least get on a fearless, yeah, you know, a Concord or. Shit, man, Epitaph. Fucking um, eleven seven. It's just a, a low. <laughs> no, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not subjecting them to eleven seven. That yeah. that label has ruined too many of too many bands I like. Right. But you know, I mean, obviously, 
Red Bull or Roadrunner aren't going to take them. You know, they're just... It's the thing, is the label going to invest in them at this point right. to help them make that pivot? Is it worth it? You know, right. I don't know. Yeah. The back catalog's strong, so, you know, there's an incentive for a label, you know? Right. I hope all the best for them, man. Like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them that they're comfortable enough to continue on, um, and I, I, hope it, I hope it's as big as it can possibly be for them. So, Matt Skiba... Uh, recently did an interview with Bill Mord. We learned a few key important things about Blink-182 from this interview. One, so Blink-182 were already in the studio with John Feldman, again, working on the follow-up to California. Mm -hmm. Two, they've already written a bunch of, quote, great stuff for a, quote, album. (laughs) Um, Three, because of Travis's health issues, they had to pretty much pump the brakes. And now they're not sure when or how they will get back to recording this record. So, again, here we are with Blink. Um, another roadblock. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so sad, man. Like we talked about, I mean, it was just, when, when, when Travis got diagnosed with uh, the blood clots, like, you just knew it wasn't going to be over in July. Right. You know, like you knew that it was, that's just serious and, and there's no way you can just bounce back like in a couple weeks. It's just, it's not going to happen. There's, there's uh, long lasting effects, unfortunately. And I can't imagine what it's like for him because he hasn't been able to be behind a kit now for what, like three months? That's probably the mm-hmm. longest time since he was, you know, in fucking like yeah. middle school since he hadn't been behind a kit. Um, it's going to, it'll come back to him though. Yeah. I mean, full. Full stop. For yeah. sure. So, but like, I mean, we're probably not even looking maybe late 2019 for a Blink yeah, album. What's interesting to me is that they, obviously, the record went gold. You know, number one single, number two single, a big success. They they wanted to do this again. You know what I mean? That's oh, what yeah. I, this is kind of the takeaway here. They were, they're not going to, they weren't going to wait around for Tom. They weren't going to wait around for anything you know they were gonna let matt get his little trio album out real quick that no one gave a shit about and <laughs> and they were they were gonna do it again it's just it's just what a weird turn of events that we go from waiting god seven eight years for a blink record we get one it's great and then we're gonna get one you know two years later and now because of travis's health issues which are not to be fucked with. I think protect Travis. That is a note to scene. That's a note to scene. Coffee mug coming soon. Protect Travis. Travis. He's a national treasure, and um, it's just. And now we're not. It's just been such a roller coaster, you know. Now, yeah, up uh, and down, up and down, and we're just and, down. And right the now. fact that they're working with Feldman again. So this was probably going to be very California esque. For sure. I mean, like I. We we knew that new blank stuff had. They were in the process of it you know like for for a minute now so i i'd be interested to see how far along they got before travis got diagnosed like how much drums did they track um obviously since they've stopped now the whole record hasn't been written and they haven't recorded all the drums but i'd be i'd be interested to see exactly how far they got but we'll just see i mean like it dude it might not be until 2020 before we get this record which is kind of i'm kind of okay with yeah. you know yeah it's blink i'm used to waiting but john feldman man that guy like 
never he stops. Just sunk his teeth into pop punk. Like he's no, now right. just attached to Blink. You know what I mean? Like inherently, he's the, he's the, he's the yeah. fourth member. And he did it with five. He jumped on that five sauce train when it was cooking. Remember? Yep. And um, that guy, man, he, it's just like maybe let some other producers eat, John. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so shouts to the billboard interviewer though for for asking the blink question because this was an alkaline trio interview in billboard and um you know we've all been in that situation as journalists where you got to slip that question <laughs> in the, that the guy doesn't want to answer you know this is about trio he didn't want to talk about blink and um you just know the look skiba gave this guy when when he asked him the blink question because you know it's like it's supposed to be about trio but then skiba answers one question about Blink in the interview, and then the headline is, you know, Blink oh. postpone album, and, and now the trio guys are upset because they want to be written up in Billboard, and, and they go read it, and they're like, dude, Skiba, like, Fuck. this whole thing's about Blink. And he's like, look, <laughs> the interviewer asked you, what do you want me to do? And the label's mad because, you know, this was supposed to promote the trio album, but now it's just all about Blink. So it's, uh, right. you got to pull the trigger when you're the journalist, you know? You got to ask, get us that Blink info, you know? Totally. That's a and, and And to Billboard's credit, they did bury it. That's why no one, uh, yeah. no other website picked <laughs> it up. Didn't stop it from getting out, though. You no, know I mean? yeah, yeah, it's still there. We're going to talk about it. Um, let's move on to our next story, which is Architects, British metalcore heroes. They announce their eighth album. Eight albums. Wow. It's called Holy Hell, and they released a new single called Hereafter. Tyler Sharp, you want to take this one away? What are your thoughts on the new Architects single? First off, I'm so stoked we get to talk about Architects on the show. Like, hell oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, um, man. This band is burned really well as like a metalcore juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Like they have so much cred. They always deliver. They went through the tragedy of losing Tom a couple years back, and this is the first. I forgot about. I totally forgot about. I that. mean, wow. what's sad is that when when Kyle passed, we all was like, "Where was the last? You know, like w- when was the last scene death?" And we all just went to Mitch because it was like a frontman syndrome kind of thing. Well, you you and, know, they, they've never been so big in the U.S., you know? Right. I mean, like, the, right, exactly. The last album, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, sold, uh, I think, like, 5,500 here first week. But they can play mm-hmm. Wembley Arena in the U.K., no problem. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. So, like, um, unfortunately, the carryover isn't as much in the States. But, like, they do have a fan base here. And they are able to play, you know, like, House of Blues and, and stuff like that. But so stoked that this band has been able to evolve following mm-hmm. Tom's death because that was just a that was a wild whirlwind that nobody saw coming uh, outside of the band you know so uh, to watch them play some of those first shows without Tom or just like that that was that was emotional uh even you know i couldn't imagine what it was like being in the band but just as a fan and then they released doomsday last year which was just this fucking fire metalcore track that was that was my metalcore song of the year last year um it's such a on this new song as well as on that one because doomsday is on the new album they're reaching like this point of like it's almost ambient metalcore but Mm -hmm. it's more straightforward it's it's like Mm -hmm. this point of severe elevation like they take this shit to the next level and they keep it heavy but like these these choruses uh where they have um sam like 
he's singing but like he's shouting but there's it's actually like a, he kicks up his scream into a sort of a shout range and then it goes from like 5,000 feet cruise level to 50,000 feet dude you I know, mean just sky high and like yeah. he's got melody in this delivery and he it's keeps so, melody in the scream which is very impressive it's so unique and like he it, it's such a signature move for him over the last like you know three architects records uh yeah. and it's so cool to see them be able to deliver something. can't cannot be good for your throat like that I thing know. it's got a, it it's got a shelf life but it's cool right to yeah but he he's managed to deliver it time and time again so it's really cool to hear it on this song uh it kicks off in like this very melodic very straightforward mellow uh, melody and then the verse kicks in and it goes straight into signature kind of architects metalcore and then the chorus just goes sky high and uh that lyric i've been fighting with broken bones like just mm-hmm. hits the fuck home man like ap needs oh. to do some listicle about like the 10 you know the most emo metalcore bands <laughs> or some shit like so, architects would be at the top but this song is really cool I've listened to it so many times. I'm at an eight out of ten. Banger Nation, uh, dude. I've this is this record's gonna be on wow. my album of the year list. I can already tell because oh, all shit. our gods has been okay. was on mine in 26, uh, 2016 or twenty fifteen when it came out. So very excited. They have five hundred thousand Spotify monthly listeners, which mm-hmm. is very impressive for a metalcore band, mm-hmm. um, especially a UK one. And then the song already has 500,000 spins mm-hmm. on Spotify, which is impressive because that means your audience is literally 100% loyal. Mm-hmm. Like all of their listeners stream the song. They are literally, their audience is literally 100 AF, like straight up. <laughs> and um, I've always thought they were a pretty decent band. Like there's a certain intensity that separates them from the pack right. of standard metalcore bands. Sam Carter is just a great screamer, and I, I, I've always had hope, you know, but hope that they never really fully delivered on for me. Okay. Um, you know, they never had much commercial success in the U.S., but you can hear that they're, you can hear what professional musicians they are. You can hear right. that next level of talent in their instrumentation and Sam's vocals. They're kind of like a Parkway Drive meets Alexis on Fire meets totally. early Bring Me Hell mashed yeah. up. You know, Parkway meets Alexis. I like yeah, that. Yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? I like and that. Um, I really like uh, Match Made in Heaven. And I really like Naysayer, which is my favorite song oh, by them. Naysayer is um, so fire. I usually don't like, I usually don't find metalcore I like these days. And uh, I got to say, Hereafter is just okay for me. Oh, um, man. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at like, a, you know, I'm at like a six, six and a half out of ten. It's competent metal. I just I don't think I'll spin it again though. Um, there's really it it's there's not much new here for me in terms of their discography, um, and I think it you know is it doesn't really hold a candle to some of their better songs. So I mean, shouts to Epitaph Records for keeping the culture alive, I guess. But you know, it's okay. You know, I hope it, I hope they do well. I felt like, I like it, this band. I, I just the song's okay. I felt like it pushed the architect's boundaries in the right ways. Like it, it, there was a very uh, specific sound on All Our Gods and a specific sound on Lost Forever, Lost Together. And I honestly, when I got, because I was at AP when All Our Gods came out and I got the advance and I was like, this really doesn't feel like they're pushing anything from Lost Forever. And I love Lost Forever. Like you said, Naysayer, holy shit. Like that song comes out swinging so fucking hard. And then on 
all our gods have abandoned us they have the the intro tracks called nihilist and it's like the exact same intensity and it just rips your fucking face off and uh, i grew to love that album pretty much within a couple weeks of it coming out and uh architects really cemented themselves as like i said that that cred metal band who we know is always gonna deliver and uh hereafter i feel like like i said it pushes the boundaries in the right way like this doesn't feel like it could be on all our gods but it still feels like an architect song and like that's the that's the best thing a band can do when they're delivering the follow-up to whatever they released previously so i think it's really cool to see them experiment a little bit more it's not necessarily your most traditional metalcore song but yeah you can still you still know that it's architects it definitely sounds like an architect song it's just for me it's just missing that spark that i've always wanted that i feel like would take them to the next level it's just not there for me you didn't like Um, uh these colors don't run eh. that was the song that really catapulted them i remember the day that dropped and i was like oh my god god like i got friends back home the day that song dropped it was the middle of summer like 2013 or 2014 i can't remember but we skated to that song all day the day it dropped all right well let's move on tyler sharp to some late night television did you see good charlotte perform (laughs) on corden with a motherfucking dr phil when 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 the scene, <laughs> when 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 what we love starts turning into a joke, that's when we know it's over. Yeah, it's it's it was this thing was whatever, man. Like it's it's it, it was like this weird fucking moment that no one ever thought would happen. But again, like I take it back to a, a day to remember in Creed at the APMAs. Like, a day to remember thought that shit was fucking hilarious. And when you don't even have your own bands taking this shit seriously, like, it's fucking over, man. It's done. That's kind of how I perceived this whole thing. It was just a massive eye roll. Like, this is so unnecessary. I thought, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought Corden was funny, at least. Like, he's just a funny guy, you know? Him just being sometimes, funny. Sometimes. And um, not just having them do a boring performance or promote the album you know like for sure. actually kind of made news kind of worked for them um you, but you might have you just probably would have been better off having good charlotte do a carpool karaoke right right i mean exactly yeah totally but i can the dr phil thing is funny to me because i can i can do i can do some moves here and i can connect note to scene to dr phil real quick oh boy um story time right so I'm a young music uh, journalist. Uh, not even a, I'm not even a journalist yet. I'm in college. I, I haven't started working at AP yet, which if you know my career tra- trajectory, I eventually got a job. I was an intern at AP. Then I became a writer. Then I became an editor running the site. And then Tyler joined and became like my right-hand guy. And we just we ran that shit. And it was awesome and so much fun. But way before all that success, I was uh, – just a nobody independent journalist out there just blogging for whoever I could and um, interviewing, you know, whatever bands I could. And when you're a journalist like that, I know some of you who listen to the show, you want to get into the music industry and you want to interview bands and do all that stuff. Kind of one of your first things you want to do is interview as many bands as possible and you gradually kind of work your way up to bigger and bigger and bigger bands until you have like sort of a resume of, hey, I've interviewed all these bands. So 
what I used to do was this is kind of before I think like the bands in town app, but what I used to do is I had all every venue in my city, I had their website website bookmarked and every month I checked their schedule and I'd see what bands were rolling through because usually when a band's in town, they want to do some kind of local press. And, um, you know, if you're a nobody journalist, they're, they're, they're not going to want to work with you if, if they're a big band. But um, some days, like just the local paper doesn't want to write about them. The radio doesn't want to have them on. So mm-hmm. you luck out and you can get a big band if you're smart. Um, and as you interview these bands, you develop relationships with their publicists and um, you can kind of get into the system. So you need to be out there hustling if you want to be a journalist, you know, music journalist. Start early. But um, the main point here. So um, I'm doing this. I think at the time, the biggest band I had interviewed was Amberlynn. This is like mm. early blogging days. And yeah, that was I was like, yo, I interviewed Amberlynn. And like I would use that when I would interview bands publicists. I was like, check this out. Mm-hmm. And um, I checked. I think it was like October or something. I checked for the month. See who's coming through. It's a light month. No one's coming through. But Flyleaf is coming through. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, OK, long shot, right? Because it's Flyleaf. You know what I mean? I mean, right. major label, platinum selling band. Um, I go through all of my contacts. I don't, you know, I don't know their publicists. I have no link to the band anyway. I don't know their management. So they're on A&M Octone Records at the time. And, you know, I just, I cold, I send a cold email, right? Just a cold call. I just send a cold email to A&M, A&M Records mm-hmm. expecting to, you know, expecting to hear nothing back. So I send the email to them. I'm like, you know, I'm like, what's up? You know? <laughs> and um, I didn't think I was going to hear anything back. But, like two hours later, I get an email back from A and M Records, and they're like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "No What's shit." Up? You know what I mean? And <laughs> no it's like, shit. Yeah, and little did I know at the time, A and M was falling apart behind mm-hmm. the scenes and in the process of imploding. But they were still part of the Interscope Geffen A and M center that was running Universal Music at the time. So right. They were still powerful, but turns out um, this really pricey sort of innovative PR firm was doing Flyleaf's publicity for them. The record label was not. So they sent me to the record label's PR team and um, they come at me like, they're like, hey man, we totally are down for you to interview Flyleaf. And I'm like, no way. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is legit. And um, I'm like, this will be the biggest band I've ever interviewed. And you know, I'm in college. I'm like, I don't know how, 2019. And, um, but he's like, but I got a request for you. Could you also interview the opening band? They're called Stars in Stereo. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yes, without even looking up who they are, because <laughs> when you, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta crawl through that mud. You gotta like, do it. Do the before dance. Before I was running all press, you know, as the gatekeeper, you know, mm-hmm. making key decisions, doing all this cool stuff. I crawled through some mud, you know, you got to crawl through that mud, you know, and um, totally. I the weird thing to me is I've never heard of this band stars in stereo that are opening <laughs> for Flyleaf, and that yet for some reason they have Flyleaf's publicity team who are a very expensive California, you know, the big California PR firm. I'm like, so I mean, no one's ever heard of you yet. You have this expensive publicist. So I go to do the interview. I interview stars in stereo. They have this giant, amazing tour bus. And I mean, this tour bus is amazing. And like, it's br- it has brand new car smell. That's how nice it is. And I even Shit. asked them, I'm like, in the band, they have this very like LA vibe, they the LA vampire kind of like, they just look very LA. And I'm like, yeah. I asked them, I'm like, you guys aren't even signed. How the fuck do you have a tour bus? Because, you know, you might not know, but a lot of your favorite bands, like, 
you know, they're unless broke. they're really successful, they don't have tour bus. You know, they drive vans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a successful band will have your standard regular tour bus, which is, you know, dining room in the front, bunks in the middle, lounge in the back. They had the upgraded version of what a successful band would have. So I, I was like, y'all are suspect. You know what I mean? <laughs> but when I asked them how you have a tour bus, they just kind of laughed it off. And I was like, you're suspect. You know what I mean? I'm on to you. Uh-huh. And, um, after I t- interviewed Flyleaf, I'm hanging out at the bar at the venue with Jared from the band, and we're talking about like video games. I think we were talking about Mass Effect. We're just like laughing it up, having a good time. And um, um, he asked me, the, the guys from st- the Star- Stars and Stereo Band, they walk by to go do sound check. And Jared's like, looks at them and looks at me. He's like, So what do you think of them? And I'm like, Oh, thank God. I'm like, Dude, what's up with your openers, man? <laughs> He's like, Yo, they got a bigger tour bus than us, man. And, uh, dude, when we stop places, like, they stay in hotels, you know, like, nice-ass fancy hotels. Like, these are, you know, they got a lot of money behind them. And, and I'm like, dude, that's fucking crazy. And we're laughing about it because they're not that good of a band. They were actually terrible. Uh-huh. But um, he looks at me and he's like, you know, I'm not even supposed to say this, man, but I'm going to tell you, the guy, the guitarist of this band is Dr. Phil's son. No fucking yeah. way. Phil McGraw was the... I think it was Phil, not, not Phil McGraw's son. I, what's, oh, I can't remember his name, but he was the guitarist of the band. And Dr. Phil was fucking funding this band and getting them on tour with Flyleaf. Oh, my God, dude. That I mean, that's a story, dude. Like, so, let's, let's call up AP right now. Dr. Phil has his his hooks in the scene you know what i mean that was my point oh my god dude what kind of band what did they sound like were they a pop punk band uh they were going for rock radio you know okay they were pretty garbage um dr phil's son used to be in a rock band yeah dr phil's son had a band and dr phil was funding it and giving them all this fucking money you know they're i'm about to fucking run that shit man (laughs) they started their own label it's no called 100 shit. No which shit. actually put out the Coheed, that last Coheed record. That's wild, man. Isn't it? Yeah. And now they're broken up and it doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, Dr. Phil's son. That, that was my little story. That is wild. What a what a rabbit hole. You never know what, what lines are going to cross. Definitely. That's crazy. I love that shit. Um, did you... Uh, Poppy also performed on Corden this week. Did you see that? I did not. I did not see that one. But uh, I have an idea on how it went. How, how okay, did it so, go, Matt? Well, I got a question for you first. Okay, so Diplo, right? Right. Are we sure he's good? <laughs> I mean, he's got, he's got songs. He's got a couple songs. I mean, Was I don't... it all Skrillex, though? Or, you know what I mean? Are we, is, 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 is he as good as he is projected to be? I don't think he's know? as good as Skrill, no. Because, you know, he gets a lot of cred. You know, that I mean, sure. that Jack used it. I mean, that was it, right? Oh, and Bieber. Dude. And Straight they basically fire. reinvented a genre, you know? Yep. 100%. But, um, so his label, Mad Decent, obviously, Poppy signed there. And um, his label, they seem to get her so much more than Island Records got Poppy, you know, as a concept. Like, Poppy is more of an anime robot, and she's not a tropical antichrist. You know what I mean? Like you think of a low life video totally. and just Island records didn't understand. And I just, I, I love Poppy. If you have not, if you're a listener of the show and you don't know who Poppy is, I highly recommend you do the YouTube dive on Poppy. I just, um, I love this performance. She's just, she's so 
incredible. Like she gives that poppy side glance during her her performance. Mm. You know that that side look. She just she gestures as a robot so well, and that's literally how they push Poppy. She's this character. She's a robot, and like even if you don't like you know her music or you don't know Poppy, if you were in the audience. Recording, like what a show she put on. It was just this robotic, futuristic fucking masterpiece. I think she's just like Poppy's the best concept for an artist, and they just they just they can't, can't get it to happen, it man. She's they... such a great character. She's objectively like the most beautiful girl on the planet. You know that aside, and it, it's they just can't. I, they just can't get it running. Island couldn't do it. Mad Decent doesn't seem to be doing it. You know. Her single Mashi had momentum on the Pop Rising playlist and her like little genius lyric video for it went kind of mini viral just because how weird and fun she is. Uh But um, it's just not happening. Um, It should be primed, man. It should be primed and ready to. I have not liked a poppy song since American Kids off the first EP. Time Time is up, which is the new single. What do you think of that song? It's just it's not there for me. It's like that eight 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 stuff. It's like those okay. songs are coherent, but like it's 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 they're missing the spark, man. What do you score? Like a six out of ten. Okay, I'm at a seven out of ten. I I I've come to enjoy it. Like it it's remained on my Spotify. It's still checkmarked. It's it's it is lightly checkmarked. Any any day, <laughs> but like it's growing on it. And watching her perform it live where she just really owns the full robotic thing and I want to exterminate the human race. Uh-huh. Man, she's just incredible. I just I really want it to happen, man. I, I do too, but we've been wanting this to happen since what? Like s- fucking 2016? Like she's had multiple shots. I don't understand what 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 it comes down to the music. That's what it is. The image, the narrative, everything's there. I don't I, I just don't get what the roadblock is with with her not having a hit like just just get her on some fucking you know closer part two like just diet closer that and then just just roll with that momentum i just i love the character but uh enough sure. poppy um what do you know about this ronnie radke rose tyler sharp <laughs> i don't i don't know much man i just Did you write know. a story about it oh no we didn't post about it um it, it, it's it's so. I mean, you you down? You dig? I mean, I'm not gonna go, but like, <laughs> I'll watch some videos from it. But I feel like it's gonna be like kind of weird. Um, it's 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 genius for him because he's gonna make a shit ton of money off this. Plus, he's I got mean, a book coming out. Yeah, that was the crazier part of the right, story. The right, right, right. book, dude. Like, do you think Downey wrote, wrote it? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he would write that. Downey would, man. He Uh, he helped Andy write his book from Black Hill Bride. Andy's a little different than than Ronnie (laughs) and putting your name on something with them. Ronnie and Downey are tight. Oh, I got to hit up Downey now. I'm curious. Why wasn't I hit up to write this? I'm the one that can write the book on this guy. I literally did over a series of articles. Come on. Yeah. Where's Where's that check at? But um, that was supposed to be my check. But yeah, I mean, Yo, I'm gonna buy the book. Is... I'm gonna buy the book. But I, oh hell yeah, I you gotta uh... read Ronnie Racky book. Right, 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 right. Anytime there's a book written about a scene, bro, we gotta read that shit. But um, I mean, this could be like dirt. This could be the Molly Crew book, scene, man. This right? could be it. Yep. Uh, I don't think anyone's ever gonna make a movie about Ronnie though. <laughs> but, um, um. Okay. 
Yeah, you know, I'm. It's not that it's interesting. Whatever. I was yeah. more stoked on the book. There's, there's a Ronnie Radke book coming out. That's cool. Um, there's a roast. I, who knows what it will be, but you know. Whatever. I don't think he's gonna uh, be able to take it. Like I don't yeah. even. Like, <laughs> he can't the, take criticism. I mean, he can't he'll fucking. Throw a mic stand, no, right? he can't throw any more mic stands, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it'll be weird to see because like people are gonna come at him with you know domestic abuse jokes and he's gonna be like yo i was acquitted you know like it's yo, it's, it's a tough thing the things I, I, I just i feel like the, the questions things are he gonna... gets this for are things he didn't do he didn't murder anyone you know what i mean but like everyone right. calls him a murderer you know right so. yeah i i think the questions are all gonna be vetted beforehand and it's gonna yeah. be like this super like sterile well, environment that's the fucking point you know, I know. You know that's, that's my that. thing. It's like, what's the point if it's just going to be a sterile environment? But you know, it's not going to be just flamboyantly, you know, whatever yeah. pops off, whatever fan yeah. asks, whatever question, because then he just everyone's going to start. Remember in like fucking 2012, 2013, when he was spitting on kids and throwing kids out of venues on that Icy Stars tour? That's what this I, shit's going to turn into. I do. So, uh, all right, Tyler, let's move on to our pop story, because I know this is what you've been waiting for. Cool. Um, Eminem responded to MGK's diss track, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Why don't you Why don't you walk me through this, homie? So Eminem dropped a. He responded to MGK's uh, "Rap Devil" uh, diss track with a song called uh, "Kill Shot," and at the artwork. First off, I mean the artwork is literally MGK's face with eyes xed out <laughs> in a scope of a rifle. Like it's literally a kill shot. Like he's going right for him. Um this is there's a lot to unpack here and I was I was worried about him going after MGK because right like MGK is such a small fish to fry for Eminem. Eminem put like what? 20 people in body bags on kamikaze yeah. you don't need to respond to it's like it's like the paul skit like what are you gonna do you're gonna respond to everyone on the next album or on like tracks and shit like this this feels very unnecessary that being but now said it's like now how that how everyone in the world knows who pete, pete davidson is now everyone in the world knows who mgk is you that know? right that being said i love how much of a moment this was like literally he tweeted it out within 10 minutes it had like fifteen thousand retweets on it like, it was so viral. It was ridiculous. Like, everyone was losing their shit. And now, that being said, the song's not good enough. And that's the biggest problem. Like, Rap Devil, people actually are listening to that song because they like the song. I don't think anyone's going to be listening to M's diss because they like the song. It's not coherent enough. He doesn't bring enough fire. He brings he brings the fire lyrically, but like his bars are very at the beginning he gets way choppy, like revivally choppy, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? We just got over this with kamikaze. Like all you have to do is bring like two minutes of just bars. That's literally all you have to do and just just outwrap him. That's it. <laughs> and then you just you leave it in the dust. That's all it takes. Now MGK's doing a fucking EP response to him. Right. You know, like it's this whole thing now and i'm just like no this is not this is not how it should have been so i wanted him to bring more fire on kill shot than he did as far as the you know foundation and the structure of the song goes but he does have some liners man like (laughs) 
he's got he's he's got quite a few quite a few zingers like the biggest one i saw quoted probably was i'd rather be 80 year old me than 20 year old you because mgk was talking about how m's pushing 50 Mm -hmm. on his track and he's like last time you saw eight mile was at home on a treadmill and all this shit yeah there's a (laughs) he m did his homework that's for sure dropping name dropping lil tay you know he he (laughs) He goes the all Tay one. That was a below the belt move for sure. Dude, he's 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 out there, and I like that. Yeah. I just wish the song was better. Yeah. How, how do you feel about it? You know, thinking about Rap Devil, like I really like I like the MGK. Um, I like the pitch correction glitch in the chorus. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind of dope. Right. And I think it actually makes the song better. Um, on the MGK disc, Halsey gets caught in the crosshairs there, totally. which is. You know, I, I wonder how she feels about that. You know, and, and, and that's sort of the diss about he's going to go fuck Kim. And the specter of Kim Mathers forever lives over Oof. Eminem. You know, it's, we're still talking Oof. about Kim we're in 2018. We're still talking about Kim. Um, yeah. You know, I think after I listened to these two tracks back to back, and I think MGK has the better disses, but a worse delivery and execution of said disses. M shouldn't have replied. Right. All of his disses, my thing is, they're too obvious. And it's, I'm I'm a way bigger white rapper. And also, I'm bigger than you. And I'm considered <laughs> the GOAT. That's pretty much most of his disses on this track. And it's just, it's so obvious. It's like, what else can he really say? This is only good for MGK. Who right. sounds way more eager like he knows how much he has to gain from this, and and he's totally. he's like stepping up, you know. And M, M, like M's line, you know, my greatest flops are your biggest hits, and that's a great that's a great line. But it's like, yeah, we know, you know. It's kind of like right. pointing out the obvious. We all know MGK is nothing commercially compared to M, and uh, you know, it's it was a weird. It's not. It's just you know. I think he leaned M leaned a little too heavily into. I'm bigger than you. Like, imagine if Drake had done that, you know, against some of his opponents. It's not, you know, Drake didn't need to do that against Meek Mill to body Meek Mill, you know? Right. Um, MGK took a shot and came out with a W, in my opinion, you know, for having one of the 10 most famous men on the planet write a diss song about you, mm-hmm. you know? He's got the Molly Crew movie coming out. He's playing Tommy Lee. And he had a number one hit with Camila Cabello. He dated Halsey. He's entering a new level of celebrity. And, you know, this is just seems to all be working out for for MGK. And this only distracts from Kamikaze for M, which is which I think for that reason, it's a net loss for M. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, totally. I, I said it on the last episode. He, If he was going to do anything, if he was going to drop some sort of Lucy diss, he needed to give mgk like three lines tops yeah. you know like that that's it you go after other people like you don't see, that's all he's worth to him instead we got a full fucking track and it's I, I don't think the song's good enough last night apparently i'm reading it looks like there was a, a fight um i saw that you saw that uh, it looks like mgk's crew beat the shit out of a guy um because he's movies. Yeah, he he, he called he called him a coward for using Eminem's family, and right? And this song, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, might go I mean, to jail. Like it's somebody's going to jail. Somebody's going to jail, right? I got the shit kicked out. I mean, that's crazy. The beef's getting real. It's bullshit. To me, the point is this beef is useless. Like it's good for MGK, but yeah, you know what? Son and dad 
need to just get along and and get that collab with Halsey on the hook. How about that? There we go. No, right? dude, M went Let's after Halsey in his man. Like M verse, he, he... MGK verse Halsey on the hook. I'm in. No, dude. Let's all let's all get along. Let's all be against G Easy because that's that needs to be stopped. I mean, <laughs> dude, that that Halsey line in in M's diss is whew, that's wild. Um, yeah. but uh, he just needs to leave them all what behind. Is it, what, is, what is that? Like, balls deep in Halsey or something? Yeah, like that. young Gerald. <laughs> I mean, man. truth, though. You know, young, like... young Gerald. Yeah, yeah, young yeah. Um, Did you see that GEZ2 is like, yo, Em, let's, let's do this? What's like, good, yeah. man? What's he's good? like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's all, dude, he's all about, you know, being on the right side of, right, right side of Eminem history. I mean, he kind of went eight mile on the, on the Kim you know, bringing mm-hmm. bringing Kim back into the situation where he's yeah. like, uh, you know, well, I can't remember exactly what he says, but uh, go go ahead. <laughs> no, no totally. I don't care about he, Kim. He, like, he says, uh, yeah, he's like go him, you know, like, go do it in my flannel. I'll give him my sandals because he knows as long as I'm shady, he's gonna live into my shadow. I mean, okay. it's just like, all right, but like, you could fit a hundred other rappers in that shadow too, you know? Like, we get it, Big M. Um, right. It wasn't worth it. He should have ignored. Yeah. Now like MGK has like, all this momentum, and I know, like, this is so. Eminem got nothing. He literally got nothing except right. the sway, the sway interviews. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I just say my favorite part of the sway interview was when um. Because most of it looks pretty rude. This is the new thing, right? Oh, it's you so don't ridiculous. Go to, you, you don't go to Rolling Stone and have them interview you. You, 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 you have your own team set up an interview, <laughs> and you offer a journalist the opportunity to come in and interview on your terms, right? We saw right. like all Kanye did it with Charlemagne. Questions you know, this is the are new, vetted, and it's all it's the new fucking thing, planned. Right? So and, M does yeah. this with Sway, but my favorite Sway thing was Sway asked M. Uh, Yo, how'd Jesse Reyes get on the record? And M just got real <laughs> awkward for a sec, and then he, was, he came up with some excuse. But I right. think we all know how Jesse Reyes got on the record, and we know what's going on there. Because uh, have you seen Jesse Reyes? I have not. I actually had no idea who she was until I heard this record. Something. She's something, man. She's a little. kind of stunning. But, right. um, it was just funny the look but, on yeah. his face. With like yeah. it was, the one moment he looked like he got a little tripped up. No, totally. Yeah, he's like, no, yeah, I was coming back from L.A. one time, and I turned on TV, and I was like, oh, my God, who is this girl? No, he did the same shit with Skylar Gray, played it off like there was no relationship, but we found out there was. Totally, totally. Anything else, C-Sharp, you want to add on this? I think we can finally. I don't think so. I'm going to go back and listen to Kamikaze and pretend that this one didn't happen. All right, that is it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, send them in to notescene at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please, please, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts right now. Go give us five stars and we'll love you. See you next week.